Hey everyone, good morning. Uh, coming to you from my house, I'm trying to keep myself, my family, um, everyone else safe. So I'm sticking around home as much as possible, and I hope a lot of you are able to as well. Um, I am realizing how much I miss you. I miss being around you guys. I miss um, hugging you and just seeing you and the community. It's just so hard to not be around the people that I care about. But um, if you don't know me and you're you're joining us um, for one of the first times, my name is Kim Chitwood. I am the Next Steps pastor here at Crossbridge, and really what that means is I'm a I'm a care pastor. I'm a pastor that. Um, uh, spends time loving people and loving on people and then helping them um, take next steps with God. And uh, so right now I get to spend a lot of time loving people and I just absolutely love what I do. And I'm so glad that you joined us today and you joined me today and, and took the time out of maybe your very busy schedule. And I'm sure a lot of you are experiencing all kinds of things right now with the pandemic and 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 the the virus and and all that it pertains. So I just want to take a moment before we start and dive into the sermon. I want to take a moment and just take a deep breath and have us maybe all do that, blow it out, and um, just let's spend some time with God. Let's pray together. Lord God, you are the King of Kings, you are the Lord of Lords. You are master of everything. God, you are in control. You are on the throne. And, and although things seem so much more chaotic right now, and some, some of it is hitting close to home, Lord, you are able to still do great things in our lives. You have not left us. You have not forsaken us. You are right here with us. Lord, I pray that you will protect those, especially those that are having to work right now, um, those who are in the hospitals working right now. Um, protect them. Protect the immune compromised as well as those that are elderly or, or young, God. Protect them, Jesus. And Lord, I just pray that you will give us comfort in this time when a lot of people are anxious, that you will give us joy and hope when we're struggling to be apart and that we experience the knowledge that you are victorious. And again, you are on the throne. Thank you, God, because you are able to do good things even in the midst of the storm. In Jesus' name, amen. Well, like I said, I um, am sure a lot of you are, you know, dealing with this in all different ways. And what happens um, in times like this, which of course is, is a time that none of us really have experienced before, but in times of a crisis or in times of a trauma um, or times of like the sickness that seems to be spreading, um, things tend to um, come to the surface. So it's kind of like if you had a bottle of liquid with other things inside it and you shook it up and then you stopped shaking, you would see the things that would float up to the surface, right? And so I think in a lot of us, um, we're seeing things in ourselves 
um, maybe in people in social media, in, in our country, in our friends, in our family, things are coming to the surface. Um, things that we prioritize or are important to us are coming out now. Um, also things that are coming to the surface, there are beliefs, our beliefs in ourselves, our beliefs in other people, our beliefs in, you know, the world and government and in science and um, healthcare, and also our belief in God. Um, that's really starting to float up to the surface. And one of the ways it's floating up to the surface is um, possibly the fact that we may be putting God or have put God in a box. Um, I would guess that most of us in from one time to another, and, and if not all of us at this moment, have God in a box somehow. What I mean by that is, is that it's kind of coming to the surface what we believe about God, how we trust God, um, our faith in God, because when times get hard, it, it's kind of evident um, what we believe in or what we doubt about him. And so this really falls um, beautifully, and, and that's just the way God is, to our series that we're in right now, which is called Seven. And John has written a gospel, which is called John, and in it, his purpose is to share with everyone that Jesus is who he said he is. And he uses seven signs to share and to prove that he is the Messiah. And his um, purpose is actually found in the book of John in chapter 20, the very last verse, um, verse 31, and it says this, but these are written that you may believe that Jesus is the Messiah, the Son of God, and that by believing you may have life in his name life, full life. I think right now we're craving a full life. Some of us are isolated at home and it feels hard and, and, the, and our life does not feel full. Some of us are even more busy um, with work and um, especially those who are in the hospitals, their, their, their lives are, are just 24-7. Um, and so this full, this rich, this peace-filled, hope-filled, joy-filled life, we're all craving it right now. And I believe that's, that is in order to get to that point, we've got to figure out how to get God out of our box. And so today we're going to be talking about um, a story that's written in John chapter 9. And it goes, I think, completely along with the God in a box um, kind of, um, you know, like thought or whatever. So I have different boxes that I've brought with, with me. So, and right before John chapter nine, Jesus had went away for a time. You see, as we've been talking about these past few weeks, he's been, um, getting, um, a lot of, um, 
getting the, the religious um, leaders very frustrated. And the Pharisees are really getting more and more angry because he's getting a following and people are fa are just um, letting him lead them. And they're getting very jealous and angry. So he went away for a time. And then in John chapter 8, we see that he's come back and he goes to the Mount of Olives to the temple and he actually preaches and starts to reveal who he is even more. And a couple things that stood out to me is he's revealing that he is, Jesus says he is the light of the world. He says, I am the light of the world. And then he also says, I am. And I am means really, I am God. So this is just making the Pharisees and the religious leaders fume like crazy. Well, it doesn't stop Jesus because in chapter nine, where our story takes place today, he and his disciples are walking. It starts where he's, they're walking through Jerusalem. They're walking through exactly where these Pharisees and religious leaders are. And they happen upon a man who's been blind since birth. Now, I want you to keep in mind that, that not only do we often put God in a box, right? People through history have. So I am going to um, add a little bit to what I think may be going on with this man because I believe he's had God in a box himself. So he's sitting there and he's a beggar. You know, it was in the back in the day where 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 people with any disability were really shunned. Um, they were considered unclean. People didn't talk to them. Maybe throwing them food once in a while. Um, and so he's sitting there, and um, the disciples and Jesus happen upon him, and the disciples look to Jesus and they say, Rabbi, who has sinned, this man or his parents, that he was born blind? Well, I'm sure at that point, this man's ears perk up because more than likely people don't talk about him. But if they do, this is the kind of thing that they normally say. So I bet he's thinking to himself, yeah, here we go again. You know, people thinking that I did something wrong. My parents did something wrong. Or maybe he's even thinking, what have I done? What have I done to deserve um, not being able to see, not being able to work, not having really any role in society? And so he's listening. And then Jesus says something that I believe takes this man's box. And I, I brought with me, like you've seen a couple minutes ago, a tissue box, you know, perfect for right now. This man's box, um, something, Jesus says a word that starts off a sentence um, that I believe grows this man's box a little bit. He says the word, neither. He answers the disciples with neither. And we're going to start then reading in John chapter 9, verse 3. Neither this man nor his parents sinned, said Jesus, but this happened so that the works of God might be displayed in him. As long as it is day, we must do the works of him who sent me. Night is coming when no one can work. And then he says this. While I am in the world, I am the light of the world. He's repeating that again. And so I'm picturing this man thinking, this is the first time anyone has ever said 
It's not my fault that I'm blind. It's not my parents' fault that I'm blind. And then I bet he he focuses on the word light. I bet he's thinking something like, what is light? I have no idea. I have been in darkness my entire life. And then Jesus does something that I believe no other person did. He, he stoops down and he gets real close to the man. And I'm sure it takes the man back a little bit. And then Jesus does something that seems completely crazy right now, especially with trying to keep clean and, and trying to social distancing and all that. He, he stoops down and he grabs some dirt and he spits in it. And then he makes it in the mud and he puts it on the man's eyes. And again, that seems crazy, especially right now. But I think Jesus did this for a reason. He didn't have to do it. We know Jesus has, we've, we've already talked about his, his miracles and that he's a healer. But I think he did it because he wanted the man to feel valued. He touched him. He probably, this man hadn't been touched in forever, if at all. He touched the man. So he gave the man value. And again, I believe this box started growing where this man is thinking, okay, I've not sinned. I have, I have some value. This person that I've, I've never really met is valuing me. And then Jesus tells him this. He says, okay, now I want you to go and I want you to wash in the pool of Siloam. So he actually gives the man a job, a purpose, a calling, so to speak. He's, he's saying, go, do something. He's sending him. Jesus doesn't go with him. I'm, I'm assuming other people did since he couldn't see. But this man has got to be feeling even, even a little bit better about himself and a little bit better about maybe who God is. So he, he happens upon the pool. And I want you to picture this. He's stooping down. He's washing him, his eyes. He's washing the mud off of his eyes. And he probably blinks a little bit. And the first thing he experiences is light. And then he starts to see figures. And then people. And maybe clouds in the sky. And, and the joy that erupts in this man has got to be just awesome. And he heads back home. He wants to go home. He wants to be where he believes people are going to accept him. And he wants to tell him the good that's happened, right? So he gets home and something a little bit discouraging happens. People start arguing who this man is. They, they really probably have God in a box probably about this size, right? Um, they put God, we put God in a box, depending on what we really believe about him. And so they're saying things like, that can't be the man that was blind. That can't be your son, or that can't be the man that was born here that was my neighbor. There's no way. You know, they're not believing that God is capable of doing something good. And so they're arguing back and forth. Yes, it's the man. No, it's not. Asking him how it happened. You know, and I'm sure he's getting a little bit discouraged. And then they have to take the man 
to the temple. And so we're going to pick it up. We're going to pick up our story now in verse 13. They brought to the Pharisees the man who had been blind. Now, the day on which Jesus made mud and opened the man's eyes was a Sabbath. If you remember before, we've been talking about healing on the Sabbath or work on the Sabbath was totally taboo when it came to the law. Therefore, the Pharisees also asked him how he had received his sight. He put mud on my eyes, the man replied, and I washed and now I see. Some of the Pharisees said, this man is not from God, for he does not keep the Sabbath. He's talking about Jesus. He's talking about the man who did the healing. He hasn't said it was Jesus. Um, the man the man who was blind hasn't you know, let them know that at all. But the, the Pharisees are going, there's no way that this man who healed this man can be um, anything less than a sinner because he did work. He actually made mud on the Sabbath. So the Pharisees are more concerned that this person that did the healing worked and and broke a law than they are that this man actually um, was loved on and healed. They were keeping um, the old law. They were keeping that old covenant. It was more important to them. And so then they ask, um, then others ask, how can a sinner perform such signs? So they were divided. So there were some saying, you know what? I believe that if God is in this, then um, it can't be, you know, this person can't be a sinner, but it can't, maybe God can't be in this because he disobeyed the law. And so they're, they're, they're divided and they're arguing amongst each, themselves. And, and, and if, if anyone would have God in a small itty bitty box, I believe it would be those religious religious leaders, those Pharisees. And so then again, they turn to the blind man. What have you to say about him? It was your eyes he opened. So I think the man then, he's sitting there and he's thinking. He's thinking about this man that healed him. And he's remembering probably some of the stories he's heard about this man as he sat there and he begged. He's probably remembering some of the things that this man said that Jesus said. And so he says, he is a prophet. So again, this God box, this man's God box is starting to grow even more. And so again, arguing commences between the Pharisees and they're, they're, they're wanting to know who was this man? How were you healed? What happened? And on and on and on. And, and they're frustrated. And so they're like, they, they don't like what this man is saying. Literally, they, they are, it's not fitting in their God box. And so they, they say, okay, forget the man. We want to go get his parents. So they go and they have someone get the, the parents of this man who is blind. Bring them in. And they say to him, to them, listen, was, is this your son? And they answered, yes. Was he born blind? Yes, he was born blind. And then they ask them this, who healed him? Who performed this sign? Um, and now here's what we know about this: these parents. I think they had a pretty small God box themselves because they knew it was Jesus. The Bible says they knew it was Jesus, but 
they refused to tell the Pharisees that it was Jesus because they knew if they said Jesus, they would be thrown out of the synagogue. Really, they would be pretty much excommunicated from the Jewish faith. So with their small box of trusting God, what they said was, ask our son, he's old enough. And they, they didn't let them know that they knew it was Jesus. So they left. And again, the man is brought back to the religious leaders. And this is where the story, I believe, gets good. Um, this is where the man's box, I believe, really starts to explode. His God box. Verse 24. A second time they summoned the man who had been blind. Give glory to God by telling the truth. They said, we know this man is a sinner. We know Jesus is a sinner. And then here's what the man said. He replied, whether he is a sinner or not, I do not know. And this is where a switch was flipped in the man. He says, one thing I do know, once I was blind and now I see. I was blind and now I see. And I think the man with his God box, it clicked for him. I was blind, but now I see. I was blind, but now I see. I was blind, but now I see. And I think that a switch got flipped because he gets mega bold here. And it even gets a little funny. Verse 25, or verse 26, I mean, then they asked him, what did he do to you? How did he open your eyes? He answered, have, I have told you already and you did not listen. Why do you want to hear it again? And I love this. Do you want to become his disciples too? And I think the man's going, that's right. I, I'm his follower this Jesus, I am going to be his disciple. And he's like, hey, you want to be his disciples too? So he's asking these Pharisees that he knows they're mad at Jesus. He's, he's actually giving us some humor here. Then they hurled insults at him and said, you are his fellow disciple. We are disciples of Moses. Again, old covenant. We know that God spoke to Moses, but as for this fellow, we don't even know where he comes from. And then I love this. The man answered, now that is remarkable. You don't know where he comes from, yet he opened my eyes. We know that God does not listen to sinners. So he went now, his box is growing. He went from whether he's a sinner or not, I do not know, to now he's saying, we know that God does not listen to sinners. He listens to the godly person who does his will. Nobody has ever heard of opening the eyes of a man born blind. If this man were not from God, he could do nothing. So here's his box. His box is growing to the point of going, okay, now I know that Jesus has come from God. And now these religious leaders are so ticked off, they send him out of the synagogue. Now, let me ask you this. Have you ever been in a point in your life where things are going pretty well? 
your faith is growing in God. Maybe he's healed you of something, or maybe he's blessed you in, in some way, or maybe your ministry or your job or finances are going really well, and your faith in God is growing so much, and that box you've put God in is exploding like this man. But then something happens. Maybe a crisis, maybe a financial crisis or a relational crisis, or maybe a health crisis, maybe right now. And you're feeling isolated, you're feeling stressed, you're feeling depressed, and you're questioning God. And you're starting to remember things that you thought before about God or that you learned in church before and and maybe you were wounded in a church before or maybe your upbringing wounded you and you start putting God again in this box and the box gets smaller and smaller and your faith seems to go away well here's what I want you to know the number one thing you need to know in this Jesus never leaves you He never leaves you, he never forsakes you, and he always comes to where you are. Here's why, here's why I know. Listen to the story, verse 35. Jesus heard that they had thrown him out, and when he found him, he said, do you believe in the Son of Man? What this also means is he's saying, do you believe in the Son of God? And so that's a question for you right now. If you're really wrestling with God, if you're really going, who are you, God? Um, What do I believe about you? What do I trust in you, God? I want you to think of this question. Do you believe in the Son of God? In other words, do you believe in Jesus? And I think at that moment, the man's box was thrown aside, was cast aside. He had no longer had God in a box because his mind started going back to the very beginning. Wow, that's right. Jesus gave me importance. He had compassion on me. He said I was not a sinner because I was blind. He touched me. He sent me. He healed me. He is a prophet, he says. He was sent by God. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. So then, verse 36, who is he, sir? The man asked, tell me so I may believe in him. So his mind is just reeling. Jesus said, you have now seen him. In fact, he is the one speaking to you. This is the first time this man has seen Jesus face to face. Are you looking at Jesus face to face? I remember an old song we used to sing, look and live. Look to Jesus now and live. Live life to the fullest. The man said, Lord, I believe. And he worshiped him. See, friends, we cannot worship God. We can't worship Jesus if we have God in a box. This man had to understand that once he was blind, then Jesus healed his sight. But not just his physical sight. Jesus healed his heart. Jesus was who he said he was. He's a prophet. He was compassionate. He was loving. He was his friend. He gave him purpose and he touched him. 
But friend, do you have God in a a box? Do you right now, are you struggling with fully trusting in him? Are there there times where your anxiety is just, it's just wrecking you? First of all, I want you to know that it's super common right now. My anxiety has been so much worse. But what I've realized is that with even with my times of anxiety or times of loneliness, that I can still trust in God. I can still believe in him. And this is why. Because I have remembered my story. See, this blind man's story is, I was blind and now I see. No one could argue with that story. You've got a story too. If you're a Jesus follower, you have a story. Maybe it's once I was blind, now I see. Maybe it's like that. Maybe I was lost and now I'm found. Or or I was sick and now I'm healed. You know, I was sad and I now I am full of joy. I was constantly in turmoil. Now I have peace. You have a story. Remember back to that story. Or maybe you're here right now and you're going, Kim, I don't know about God. I don't really have him in a box. I don't even know if I really believe he exists. But you're questioning it more because you want to know more. Sometimes when life gets flipped, turned upside down, we want to understand, we want to believe there is a God. So I want, I want you to do this. I want you to ask Jesus, say, Jesus, if you are a light to the world, be a light for me right now. Show me how to see. Take my blinders off. Cl- you know, Clarify for me where you've shown up in my life right now. Open up my eyes so I can see, so I can believe, and I can know that I was blind, but now I see. So friends, let's remember that. Let's remember today that God cannot be in a box. Let's worship him together because once we were all blind, but now he's given us sight because he truly is the light of the world. And then with that light, he's put it in us. He's given us his light. So you are the light of the world. You have the ability to love people right now in ways that you could never love them before. You have the ability to love your neighbor in ways you've never loved your neighbor before. Maybe you need to take a few rolls of toilet paper and put them on, put them on a, um, you know, in a bag with a note that says, hey, that, My family loves you. You know, come, if you need anything else, let us know. Um, Maybe you need to reach out to friends to let them know you're praying for them. I tell you what, some of you are probably really struggling. I want you to do this. Either reach out to us via via Facebook on our Crossbridge page, um, Instagram, um, on our website, Contact us there. Let us know if you've got prayer requests, if you have needs, or if you really want to help. We'll find ways to get you helping other people. Um, There's a way you can donate right now on our website. You can even donate via gift cards, and we can make sure those who've lost their jobs can have, um, you know, gift cards for groceries or anything else they may need, you know, 
decide today that not only that you will allow Jesus to be a full light in your life so you can live a full life, but also so that you can be a light to others. Well, friends, thank you so much for joining me. Um, I love you all. Again, I miss you all. Hugs from me to you. Um, Let us know what you need. Take care and enjoy your family today. Love on them today. Take care. Have a really good rest of your day. Take care.